Hello, 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 Daniel Glass, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you doing? We're doing well, we're doing well. Welcome to the show. We have a, a quick name change. It is now, we, after recording the, the show, the TD podcast, and downloading it to Spotify, um, I don't know why we thought that there would only be like a couple TD podcasts. There were like 300. So changing it up a little bit, making it a little more personal. We've got Shlomo and the Semi-Pro. I am Shlomo. That is literally my name in Hebrew. And my co-host Danny is the Semi-Pro, even though he's a pro in my heart. So we're going to go with Shlomo and the Semi-Pro, and it's going to be an amazing podcast. We are here week two. NFL is off to a hot, hot start. A lot of injuries. Vikings are looking anything but extraordinary. And uh, yeah, let's let's dive right into it. Vikings versus the Indianapolis Colts. Not what we wanted. Not much great. Not much really, really anything to say about it. To be honest with you, I was sad. I was depressed. I am not looking forward to the rest of the season. But hey, we are diehard fans. We grew up with this team. We're not going to give up on them. So let's let's see. Let's what what are you, some some stats that uh, stuck out to you? I would say. I mean, Justin Jefferson, solid day. Kirk Cousins. Probably one of the most unforgettable games of his career. Um, yeah, what'd you think? Yeah, I think that's the the biggest thing for me as far as what what sticks out is Kirk Cousins' performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one. I mean, you just hate to see that as a fan, and you can only feel for Kirk as as rough as he played, right? And he's already got the critics on him about the contract and the money and and everything that surrounds it. And he comes out eleven for twenty six, hundred thirteen yards. Uh, three interceptions and Todd you want to know probably the worst of those stats within there is his average yards per completion was 4.3 yards oh there we go so what do you what do you uh, do there that's not it's not gonna win any ball games that's for damn sure four oh my gosh so, so, I mean, getting, a, a lot yeah. of that, we're throwing the ball behind the, the line of scrimmage, right? We're yep. not able to push it downfield. But mm-hmm. we also don't have any of these intermediate routes that we can take advantage of with guys like a Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and a B.C. Johnson, right? Not complete burners, but guys that mm-hmm. can really do well in that intermittent catch. That 8 to 15, and then you catch mm-hmm. the ball and go. Mm-hmm. Something New England's always been very good at, kind of got finding guys in open space and then letting them lose their or use their playmaking ability rather after the catch. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson, three targets, three receptions, pretty solid day. Adam Thielen, only three receptions on eight targets. If you did indeed watch the game, it was very clear Kirk was forcing the ball to Adam. Uh, he had one brutal throw to Adam and double coverage that ended up with a interception and like a return of 25 yards, setting them up for a pretty easy scoring opportunity after that uh, for Indianapolis. I was, I, I felt bad for Kirk, kind of like you said, forcing a ton of stuff. Our offensive line didn't help him out at all. He was also hanging on to the ball a long, a long time because like you said, we don't have any of those established medium routes to get the ball out two seconds they tame. They are, for some reason Kubiak is drawing up plays that take a while to um, develop, and we don't have the time for Kirk to actually utilize those long routes. So 
definitely interested to see what he does in week three. From the running game, did you see anything noteworthy or no? Not a whole lot. I mean, you like to see Dalvin averaging. He's at 4.5 yards per tote, which uh, that's a very respectable number. Uh, mm-hmm. You, you want to see upwards of four and a half to five when you're rushing the ball like that. But mm-hmm. 14 for 63 and a score. Um, it's one of those days that there's just not much going on, right? Again, we were mm-hmm. only 21 minutes uh, in the time of possession. Uh, so we don't have the ball a ton. Beginning of the fourth quarter, we go down 25 to three. Uh, so you're mm-hmm. having to throw the ball to get back into it. And when your quarterback isn't throwing the ball well, it becomes just that spiral effect where now you really can't rush the ball, get Dalvin in a groove. Uh, and, and we see the outcome of it. 21 minutes progress from 18 minutes. So, hey, next game, what do you think? 24? Hey, that would mean we have the ball for, uh, you know, almost half of the game. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's why I was just so bummed. Like, it was never whenever I, like, I'll be honest, I watched the whole first half. Second half, kind of just, like, depressed and just like, oh, I'll do some, you know, dishes here. Every time I looked at TV, we didn't have the ball. So I was like, why am I going to – I mean, our defense is nothing to write home about. Uh, defensive line got smushed again. Jonathan Taylor, 26 carries, 101 yards. A lot of – just a lot of great things happened for the Colts and not a lot for the Vikings. Um, we, got, we got burned by a gentleman by the name of Mo Alley Cox, who had five receptions for 111 yards. Uh, Paul Charchian, if you're a K-Fan listener, did call that he was going to have a big game against the Vikings, so props to Charge. Uh, yeah, we just defensively got to get better quick, got to get more mature quick, got to be sharper. I just don't know what Zimmer's going to do. I'm curious to see if he can put some band-aids on some glaring holes. I, I would suspect that we are not going to hold teams under 21 points for a while, at least the beginning of the season. I just, with our run defense, it's just putrid. Yeah. Right now he's, you know, really trying to, patch a hole in a boat with a couple pieces of scotch tape, right? Oof, you're, you're having to bring tape. guys in, you know, from practice squads off of other teams when, um, you know, our, our draft picks and our top defensive players like Anthony Barr going down. So, I mean, this, mm-hmm. we'll talk about, you know, what's upcoming for the Vikings a little bit later on here, but um, it's not looking good right now to um, see what the defense has to improve on and what they have to do it with. Um, so as much yeah. you can scheme as much as, as you need to, and, and, um, you can watch as much film as, as a, is available, but ultimately mm-hmm. it's going to come down to guys that are going to make plays. And if, if there's make better athletes plays. on the other side of the ball, um, there's just better athletes on the other side of the ball. And, and we're just going to have to live to see another day, uh, with this team, which, you know, we've been saying that since 92. <laughs> Very true. Um, Last thing, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm ready to kind of move on, honestly, from the game. I want to uh, look ahead at next week and then some, obviously, fantasy football stats. The last thing we'll touch on, to your point, we don't have much talent on the defensive line, unfortunately. Michael Pierce out with the COVID, um, not excuse by any means. He has some underlying health issues, so uh, he took the opportunity to take the season off. And then you had, obviously, Daniil Hunter on IR with a neck injury. Uh, going against arguably their strongest position group, I would, I could, I think you could say that's. I don't think that's a far reach to say. Um, Quentin Nelson is an absolute animal. They ran behind him all game. 
it was just a tough matchup and one that we should have seen. You, you would think, right? You'd think Zimmer's like, oh, their strength is our weakness. They're going against our weakness. So I'm going to maybe make some moves, make some plays. But do you, think it's, do you think it's without the preseason, do you think Zimmer's looking at the first couple of weeks to say, hey, I know we've got a lot of inexperienced players, but let's just see what we got. Do you think he's taking that approach? He very well could be. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing younger guys uh, thrust into positions to play. Um, and overall, as a team, it, it is a fairly inexperienced team. You know, we lost, I think the number was five starters on, on defense from last year or five guys yep. that played over 75% of the snaps. snaps. Yeah. And that, that's a huge number, right, for a, mm-hmm. a playoff team to lose and then to have to bounce back from that. Um, and you mentioned it that the Colts' strength really is up front, and it's especially that left side of the line with um, Anthony Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, and then Ryan Kelly um, uh, nailing down that center spot. So big boys. When you can get the ball in the hands of a, a one-cut guy, a downhill power runner uh, that's got a little pop to him and Jonathan Taylor, and you, you put him right behind those three, uh, they did that. They took advantage of it. And, and mm-hmm. that's definitely a testament to their game plan as how they wanted to approach this game against a not so great Vikings team. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we can see a little progress next week, but I'm not, uh, not holding my breath. That's for damn show. So moving on real quick to, you know, I just want to be happy. So we're going to move on to fantasy. Um, does that make me happy? to talk about fantasy not right now because i'm really bad this year so far i got like zimmer i have some adjustments to make on my roster but let's talk about some fantasy winners this past week in week two of the nfl numero uno i think hands down aaron jones for the green bay packers he had what a day did he have do you think he was oh yeah you think big ice bath the next day right Oh, he's, I mean, he's feeling sore after that. I mean, you get over 200 yards, right? You got to take your time to celebrate, but you got to be able to recover there. And um, Aaron Jones had just an outstanding day. And it was a day that they really had to depend on him with Devontae Adams, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not sure of what his injury was going to be early on in the game, ends up kind of questionable to return, turns into doubtful. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you just see him not really putting much more effort into the game after his three receptions. Um, as, mm-hmm. as you know, ultimately they want him to be healthy for the other 14 games, right? Um, for sure. They're playing a, a, it's, it's a Detroit Lions team that, um, you know, they're, they're not a bad team by any means. I think they're mm-hmm. a better team than, than the Vikings, but it's a Detroit Lions team so. that, you know, if, if Green Bay does lose that top receiver, you know, maybe they can squeak by and get, get a nice win. Well, Green Bay rolled over them 42-21. Uh, Aaron Jones, like you said, a huge day, 18 carries, 168 on the ground and two scores. Uh, that's mm. a 9.3 yards per average. And that obviously comes help with a massive 75-yard rush um, to end the first half there with, with Aaron Jones. And in the passing game, eight targets, uh, really taking over some of those targets that were lost uh, with Devontae Adams going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he caught four of those for 68 and got a score as well, a nice little – uh, you know, out route from the, from the backfield to the left side. Uh, it's a, a route that Aaron Rodgers has thrown a ton over the years. And uh, Jones is the beneficiary of that this year. Uh, mm-hmm. So really a, a big day for him in, in the league that we're in together. That's a 43.6 uh, point day, which is 
just huge for a running back there. Yeah, I would say that's that's the type of performance that will win you the week. I think that's safe to say. I did not have Aaron Jones on any of my teams, unfortunately. I wanted him, but uh, hey, you know, maybe next year. Moving on, another great week for Dak Prescott. Uh, Dallas coming up short though. Um, so, or did they, wait, did they win? No, they pulled they that won. out. Greg Zerline, they man. Yeah. Greg Zerline. Oh my gosh. I was stressed out beyond belief watching him because he got, do we know why the Rams let him go? Um, inconsistent at the end of last year. Uh, he was getting older. They were, I think, just looking to move on. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like that Vinatieri moving on from the Patriots kind of thing, right? He's, he's a yeah. guy that, oh, that's true. yeah, he's got a leg. He can still kick a little bit, but sometimes teams are just mm-hmm. ready to move on and, and start a new, new chapter scenery. with that game. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. Zerline now, obviously part of that, uh, Cowboys team, but the, the guy that, uh, you know, tore up the fantasy stats was Dak Prescott. Uh, going 34 of 47, 450 three yards rushing on the score. Touchdowns? Three rushing touchdowns. Now he only had oh, five carries. Word. Five carries, 18 yep. yards. So everything really coming within the red zone there, and especially within the five-yard sure. line. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, three rushing touchdowns for Dak Prescott, which for fantasy, that's big when you're only getting four points on a passing touchdown. You get six of them on the ground. And uh, so he had a nice 18 points just right off the bat there rushing the ball. Kind of killed uh, for Zeke owners. Just kind of funny looking at that stat sheet and seeing Dak with three rushing uh, touchdowns with only five carries compared to Zeke's 22 and then 90 yards with one. He's, Zeke still got in the end zone once. Uh, just kind of funny. I hope I don't know if that'll be a trend um, going forward. I would assume they use Zeke a lot, obviously, on the goal line. But it just shows you that Dak is not a small guy. He is built – and he can run some people over because getting three rushing touchdowns is no freaking joke. Also, one quick side note from that game, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, both over the receiving century mark. Pretty nice to see. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb really had kind of a coming out party there. Um, when you're getting 450 yards with uh, you know, your quarterback, those yards got to go somewhere. And, and CeeDee Lamb gotta led the team uh, six receptions for – uh, 106 yards. Dalton Schultz, the tight end, actually uh, topped the team with receptions and targets. He had 10 targets, caught nine of those for 88 and a score. The only receiving touchdown there went to Dalton Schultz on a very nice catch from Schultz in the back of the end zone uh, coming across the field and uh, really showing some some good hands there. And obviously, uh, Dak is trusting him to get him the ball down there. So, you know, Looking at some fantasy tight ends, if you're light in the league, not sure where to go, Dalton Schultz could be a guy say, to, to take a look at. I was going to ask you, um, me being a sports – so I, I consider myself a sports guy, you know, hashtag sports guy. I have never heard of Dalton Schultz. And so, yeah, to your point, definitely a good fantasy pickup. Uh, Ten targets. Yummy. Blake Jarwin is out for the year. Is that right? Jarwin's going to be out for the year. Yep, we we saw a uh, an injury plagued week there yeah. in uh, week Oof. two. But well, we're getting to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Dalton Schultz, a guy who's in his third season here, uh, was drafted in the fourth round by Dallas out of Stanford. Um, and he, you know, so here's the deal Smarty with Dalton pants. Schultz: mm-hmm. is he came into Dallas with the expectation of taking over what Jason Witten had left 
Oh, Whitney okay. goes okay. and joins the Monday Night Football crew that year. Mm-hmm. And Schultz comes on and really doesn't do a whole lot within that first season. And mm. so, you know, he's kind of been a guy that stuck around a little bit. Um, has, you know, obviously been making the team. He's, he's a nice blocker for them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, going back to his rookie season of uh, 2018, had 12 mm-hmm. receptions for 116 yards. Mm-hmm. Really not showing a whole lot there. Was only targeted 17 times. And then last mm-hmm. year, he actually was hurt, and he only had one reception last year uh, for six yards. And so hmm. here's a guy who over his you know two-year career to that point, only 13 catches as a tight end, and a guy that now leads uh, their – their tight ends uh, room with the, with the targets, mm-hmm. receptions, everything, but a guy that could really be a, yep. a great pickup across all fantasy leagues with Dak Prescott as his quarterback. Definitely. Um, interesting. Interesting. Do you think um, just not to like spend too much time on that game, but do you think from a scheme standpoint, they just saw a pretty big hole in Atlanta's defense and said, Hey, like their tight ends, they're, they're obviously allowing the tight end to get open. I feel, I feel like, having that type of day with, I believe it was nine receptions, 10 targets. That's only going to show that Atlanta wasn't putting precedence on, on really uh, spotlighting him. Well, Atlanta has been interesting. They, um, you know, they seem to be the cursed team where they're just always giving up these comebacks as they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also have a nice team as far as, you know, the, the defensive line goes, the, um, linebacking core that they have and so clearly McCarthy found something in that pass game uh, where he felt like he could take clear advantage of it um, mm-hmm. and Dak obviously is is trusting his tight end Dalton Schultz there but you know you've got guys like Dante Fowler, Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones um, mm-hmm. you know some really nice players on this Atlanta team uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And they were still even Keanu Neal over top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, you know, he's a guy that's eyeing that tight end or is on that tight end side of the ball yep. typically. Um, and they were able to just continue to feed him the ball. And he had a very nice and productive day. Uh, one more bit of uh, trivia from that game, Dak Prescott uh, with his 450 through the air and his three scores the only player in NFL history to have 400 yards passing and three rushing touchdowns. See, that's why you're the semi-pro. You know stuff that most people don't. Boom, boom, love it. Stats, stats, stats. That's what we're here for. Last but not least, winners, week two, fantasy football, putting up 34.58 points. Mr. Cameron Newton. Cam Newton, hell of a. Hell of a Sunday night football game. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. It was a great game. Oh, unbelievable. These these Patriots and Seahawks games, man, over the last – what's it been now? Five years, four years? Yeah. They've they've been some of the best games on football every time that they've played here. 100%. And it's – I mean, I think it comes down to, obviously, the talent on the field, but coaching staff, top five coaching staffs in the league. Well, you've got two head coaches that, if I'm not mistaken, are number – Four and five or three and four in career victories. Boom. Look at that. And Pete's like, Pete's very old, but he has the energy of a freaking 30-year-old. Oh, yeah. You, you wouldn't know that the, the guy sidelines. is. Yeah, absolutely. You would not know he's as old as, as he is. No. 
Um, I think they might have had some fines actually out of that game though for not wearing their masks all the time. But hey, we won't touch on that. I think I thought that was interesting. They like sometimes you're going to pull the mask down, right? I mean, Belichick kind of looked like he was wearing a beak, which was hilarious. Um, but anyway, let's not get off track here. Cam Newton uh, passing the ball nearly 400 yards in the air and rushing the ball two touchdowns, 47, uh, 47 yards, 11 attempts. They really love using him around the goal line, um, similar to what Dak was used with in, uh, in, against the Falcons. They, McDaniels has done a phenomenal job kind of molding that offense for Cam and really showing uh, what they're capable of when they concentrate on his strengths. He's a big, big human being and an athletic one at that. Um, and they're showing that, hey, even though they were with Tom Brady for a few, de- I think two decades, almost 20 years, they can, within an offseason, just like that, they can uh, really just change their entire offense, which has been really fun to watch. No, that's absolutely right. And, and because I'm only a semi-pro and not a pro, I have to make a correction to my earlier statement. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, Pete, Pete Carroll is third in active coaches wins. Uh, Bill Belichick okay. leads the way. So that, that's where my stat was wrong. Bill Belichick, 274 gotcha. wins uh, in his career. He is third career-wise with all coaches. Um, but it's, oh, wow. in terms of average coaches, Pete Carroll is number three there. Now, not only were the Patriots able to change their offense, uh, you know, with now a very dynamic quarterback in Cam Newton to be something where they're rushing the ball a little bit more with him um, in just one offseason, they did it in an offseason where there weren't OTAs, there was a limited training camp, there were no preseason games, and they're coming nope. out and showing that, hey, you know that we're going to run the ball with Cam. Stop us. Mm-hmm. He has four Facts. rushing touchdowns on the season, two again last game here uh, against the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks made an outstanding play there at the end to uh, mm. you know, keep Bobby the Patriots Wagner, out of the end zone. Mm. Bobby Wagner blowing up uh, the left – or right guard, pardon me, of the Patriots, yep. um, allowing across, the yeah. guys on – uh, you know, the, the right side of the defense to make a play LJ mm-hmm. Collier, um, you know, yep. getting in there to, to trip up cam and um, cam was upset. He said he should have bounced that ball outside, you know, run into his left. Uh, but what it's do you tough. do? You know, it's, it's tough to make yeah. that play and, and he's going to be hard on himself because he's a, a, just an absolute uh, monster when it, when he's in the running game down there. Uh, but I, I got to ask the question, why the hell did Carolina let him go? I think to, uh, to what we were talking about earlier, it might've just been, Hey, like a fresh start. Uh, he wasn't, I think he, I think it was a, a, just a perfect storm. He was injured for sure. Could not throw the ball downfield. I think they didn't necessarily have an identity with him. I mean, they tried to just give him the ball and basically make it seem like he was fine and hoping that he would be, in the form like he was when he was an MVP with him crippled. They didn't really, they couldn't score. They couldn't really move the ball and it kind of showed some holes elsewhere. So I think the whole thing kind of collapsed. Now they have a new coach. I think it was just time for kind of a fresh beginning. Um, It's, it was interesting how it's like quick. It's very interesting in sports, how you can be at the top of the mountain, right? And then you blink your eyes. And for some reason, everything is just changing within like a year or two new coaches, new uh, QB for the Vikings, an entirely new defense when we just went to uh, – when we just uh, won a playoff game last year. Like, it's sports are crazy in that manner. But 
I think Cam, this is great opportunity for Cam that he can kind of, this is kind of like his revenge tour, if you will. He's under the tutelage of a Hall of Fame head coach. And I would say one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. Um, and he's just so fun to watch and he's healthy and he's, he seems happy. He seems much in a much better place mentally. Um, yeah. Carolina is probably looking at it now. They're and two. Teddy is not looking sharp at all. I mean, Christian's injured. So I, yeah, I pro- they're probably like, damn, we want that cam back, but you know, I mean, everyone's, you know, you gotta eventually flip the page. So. No, it's, that's absolutely right. And, and, and that's, you know, a, Got to be a big reason, and, and you mentioned the injury last year. Being able to get a fresh start, uh, Matt Rule coming as coming in as the head coach there. Um, you know, it, yeah, they can go hindsight twenty twenty, and the league should also be saying hindsight twenty twenty because why did Cam not only get released by the by the Panthers, gets picked up by yeah. the Patriots, and for the price tag? Like, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was like a base salary of less than like. I think he's making right around two mil. Yeah. Right around two million. With like quite a few incentives, but it's just absolutely bonkers. Yeah. One quick, uh, that game game was so fun to watch. I'm telling you right now, the one player that I did, I think I I don't want to jinx myself. I did hit on him, even though a lot of people did. DK Metcalf is really good at football. He had, he was shadowed by Stefan Gilmore all game. He got into a fight with Gilmore. It was awesome. He plays with a bunch of passion. He's a huge human being and he's just, and he just snatches the ball. He four receptions, 92 yards and a touchdown, a big, big catch over Gilmore, uh, 54 yarder. I mean, Russell's Russell's also very, very good at spreading the ball around. He was going against a very strong New England defense. So to see him, I mean, Russell's Russell, but to see DK kind of shine like he did was uh, definitely encouraging for me. No, that's right. And, and it's funny because we're, we're sitting here talking about Cam Newton and how, you know, his rushing game and, um, you know, he had 397 through the air and, oh yeah, Russell Wilson had five touchdowns. Classic. So, you know, he's, he's a guy, five touchdowns to five different receivers. Um, we'll have that out there as well, where he's spreading the ball around. Unreal. Um, so, you know, you're right. DK was a, a very polarizing player. Uh, I, not only for NFL teams to look at, but as far as the fantasy perspective on him, is he a guy that's only going to be a burn the field, get up there, jump balls in, in the end zone, or is he a guy that can be a little bit more dynamic and provide a team uh, with some explosiveness with, uh, you know, some tools or some, some pieces that they don't already have. And, and with the Seahawks, you know, having Tyler Lockett, David Moore, uh, you know, Will Disley, right? They didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of that big uh, physical receiver, a guy that can go up and get it. Um, and DK provides that to him, and Russell Wilson takes full advantage of it. And it's an awesome combo to watch play on Sundays. Russell had uh, five, five touchdowns and seven incompletions. I mean, he's, uh, I don't, I mean, Mr. Unlimited is looking like he doesn't have any limitations, which. As, as, much, as much as the video was cringeworthy, I mean, you got to give the guy props. So Yeah, I mean, um, when, when you're starting the year with um, 11 incompletions total, but you have nine touchdowns, uh, I, th- right. I think you're off to a great start. So can't wait for the Vikings to face him. Oh, because oh, our defense is going to be so ready. It's going to be unbelievable. Hey, I want to uh, talk about my favorite segment that we have here in the surprises with fantasy. 
Ooh, all right. Let's move on. So, our fantasy surprises. Woo-hoo-hoo. All right, numero uno. Our boy, he's not really, last year, obviously not a surprise because he was a dominant force in the running game, but your boy Leonard Fournette, speaking of changing scenery, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, That's right. 12 rushes, not even a lot of rushes, 12 rushes. So he's just, they're bringing him on slowly, letting the, him get his legs underneath him. He's probably still not in like complete football shape from, you know, vegging out over quarantine. 12 rushes, 103 yards two touchdowns, looked like an absolute animal. He, he looked like him, his old self, which was great to see. No, that's absolutely right. And, and you, you know, 12 rushes only. They do have quite a few only. runners in the backfield there with uh, LaShawn McCoy as a part of the team, Ronald mm-hmm. Jones being a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And, and Jones has actually taken on a role that um, I didn't anticipate him getting as much use as he is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's, it's going to be Fournette's backfield. He kind of had mm-hmm. that um, – Hey, I'm back kind of game uh, and got a, just a really, really nice 45 yard run. And that's what pushed up those, uh, those yards. Yep. yep. Those yards up, up above 100 there, but two touchdowns on it. Uh, it's giving Tom Brady a, a nice, nice running back and someone that Tom Brady really hasn't had that downhill rusher uh, mm-hmm. in quite a while up in, uh, New England when he was playing. So this can give a little bit uh, different dimension to his game um, and someone that they mm-hmm. can continue to use uh, as a nice piece there in Tampa Bay. I think he'll continue to get the tutties, right? I mean, especially around the goal line. Um, even if they don't, even if he doesn't rush for 103 yards, I think he'll still get quite a few looks. I mean, again, these teams are not – they're not looking for players. I mean, they are looking for players right off the bat to say, hey, who is ready? Who is in shape? Um, these teams did not get a preseason. And I understand a lot of people are like, they don't need a preseason. It's going to be riskier for them to get injured. They should just go out and play football. A lot of these players depend on preseason to get their legs under them, to get the, just get the motions in, um, to get comfortable with their, where their O-line is kind of moving. And especially for a running back, like you can only, I feel, I mean, you're the semi-pro, but you, I feel like the feeling in practice going against your own teammates and then even going into preseason game one against another team that you don't know is are two totally different things. Yeah. It's, I mean, high school football, almost Mm -hmm. every year teams are going to play a scrimmage before their Mm -hmm. first game. Right. For sure. Uh, And typically you're playing, you know, two, three, four different teams and you're doing different scenario situations, but they're live reps Mm -hmm. and it's almost like an NFL preseason game college mm-hmm. football a lot of times you'll see them um, not only do inter-squad scrimmages early on but then a lot of teams will, especially at the division three level will meet up with you know another team that's not in their division someone that they can have some preseason reps against mm-hmm. it's it's a game where yeah there is the injury factor there's the injury factor when you step onto a field though right sure. no matter what yeah. you're doing it could be practice and we saw that with teddy bridgewater a few years back right facts now, <laughs> what that preseason does is it gives live reps to players that, yes, you kind of have semi-live reps during practice, but you're up against another team. It's a different look. It's not the yep. same hats that you're seeing every single day. Mm-hmm. And those preseason games are just getting the, the young guys and the vets, getting their legs back into game shape. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's such 100%. a big thing where, yeah, we saw week two here be just that injury, injury game. 
Um, mm-hmm. Now we're also going to start to see guys like Leonard Fournette, some of these other players um, kind of start to come on now because they've gotten a few reps under their belt. And especially Leonard being, have, having just been traded, right? I mean, he, he needed to become familiar with the playbook and seeing the amount of action he got week two really suggests he's going to be their, their main focus going forward. Um, the next surprise not as flashy of a player at all, but still a, a pretty big human being. Mike Gesecki, Miami Dolphins tight end, eight receptions, 100, 130 yards, and one touchdown on 11 targets. Uh, him and Fitzy, kind of a, a nice little marriage down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a second-round pick out of Penn State a couple years back, um, a guy that Miami was really hoping could be a uh, contributor, contributor early on. Uh, and this year might be the year that he really does that. Um, you know, eight receptions. He's got 11 on the year, uh, 130 yards. Uh, a guy that could really get some work down on the goal line. Um, he's tall. He can be physical. Uh, but mm-hmm. he showed that he's a little bit more than that, getting uh, eight receptions there, 130 and a score, as you mentioned. Another tight end coming in at number our third surprise, which is, I think – a sleeper on most people's fantasy in people's fantasy books. I don't think actually book people don't read fantasy books or buy fantasy books, maybe fantasy rankings, if you will. Uh, I would say top five sleeper, John U. Smith, Tennessee Titans tight end. He had a big day, uh, four receptions, 84 yards, two touchdowns, Ryan Tannehill targeting him um, a lot. I mean, he, they've used him in screen passes. He looks very athletic. He doesn't look like your prototypical blocking big boy tight end. Uh, he kind of moves like a receiver. Um, do you think Derrick Henry running the ball third, 25, 30 times a game? I mean, don't, isn't the saying a tight ends is the quarterback's best friend. Is that, is that, is that true? Yeah. I think, you know, you, you can use the tight end. <laughs> you can use the tight end so much more when your running game is going well. Um, you know, we mentioned it last week when we talked about the Vikings, when the running game gets going, that's, what's going to open things up for an Irv Smith, a Kyle Rudolph. It's going to be the same Mm -hmm. thing down in Tennessee. Now, Tennessee was already a very good running football team. They showed last year that they can do some things in the play action game. And Jonu Smith, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a guy, like you mentioned, a sleeper for some, uh, you know, falling Mm -hmm. kind of between the tight end nine, really to tight end 18, uh, yep. in, in the ranks there, uh, someone that, you know, we've mentioned before here is, is Paul Charchian had him as mm-hmm. your can't miss tight end this year. Uh, and, yep. and he showed, um, yesterday that those of us that drafted him this year and dropped him after week one made a huge mistake. hundred percent. I drafted him in both leagues. Shout out to charge. Cause I very much trust him. Um, do you think, I mean, so AJ Brown was out that week. Yeah. So most likely the reason why John who got maybe a decent amount of looks, but like we were talking about coaching staffs are looking at kind of how they want to structure their offense and their defense with players who either step up and show what they got or players who they maybe didn't think, um, or they didn't, they thought they were something they aren't. So that's, they usually see those things in preseason, uh, but now they're going to use the first few weeks of the NFL season to kind of hash that out. Uh, one other tidbit, Congrats to our boy, another fellow uh, Jewish player, Julian Edelman, a career high in receiving yards. So interesting, 
you get Cam in there, second game of uh, his career in New England, and he goes for his career high in receptions. What's that about? Yeah, I think you you got a couple of pieces playing here. Um, number one, he's the experienced receiver there. Um, he is. you know, s- some tragic news coming um, oh, with yeah, James that White. Um, you know, his, his father passing away in an automobile accident, um, his mm-hmm. mother in, in serious condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds out, you know, just a few hours before game time there. And so he is out for the game. Yep. Um, a guy that they like to use in the passing game a ton. And mm-hmm. so they had to look and rely on Julian Edelman, who is their vet. Um, he's going to be the leader in that clubhouse with receptions, with yards. He'll be that guy for them. Um, mm-hmm. and someone that, again, kind of slipped in the fantasy rankings at the tight ends – or, pardon me, at the wide receiver spot. But he's a guy that's going to put up wide receiver two, wide receiver one numbers um, – probably weekly uh, the way that they're utilizing him and the, in the way that cam likes to give him the ball and give him opportunities to run. Yeah. Uh, and Keel Harry and Edelman uh, took up most of the targets that game. So it'll be interesting to see uh, with cam kind of scoring most of the goal line or taking care of uh, most of the goal line carries what they do uh, in the passing game going forward. Cause it looks like Edelman, like you said, being the vet and then maybe in Keel Harry coming up as the young stud. So interested to see if cam, are you at nervous at all if uh, Cam can keep it up with the amount of hits he's taking, or do you think you have faith in him being completely healthy? I got faith in it. Belichick is, is, I mean, a God when it comes to coaching. And so I'm going to trust That's that true. what, what they're doing is, is what they've discussed. It's, it's not forcing Cam to do stuff he's uncomfortable with. Um, he knows mm-hmm. where the hits are going to come from and, and they do really have, they do a good job of, you know, if Cam is going to, have a designed run um, mm-hmm. looking at, you know, just a couple hits. He's not a guy that's just running straight into the yeah. something and having crap. Yeah, happen. He's not going to run anyone over. That's true. Um, and he's, he's, he's sliding quite a bit now when he's scrambling. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's not giving himself more hits than, uh, than what he should be getting like a Josh Allen is doing right now. <laughs> very true. Very true. Josh is uh yeah, Josh needs to learn. I mean, all it takes is one big hit, and then he kind of learned from that mistake. So uh, moving on, we have a new segment this week, and hopefully one that stays. Uh, it's kind of got a, a lame, uh, lame title to it, but it's called What's That Number? So basically, I give the semi-pro a number. I give him a couple clues, and he tries to guess what that number stands for. So... First number for you, Mr. Glass, coming out of Las Vegas, okay, the Star Wars spaceship. New Orleans Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The number I have for you, sir, is 174 yards. What could that number stand for? 174. We're, maybe maybe we give you another small clue. Yeah, give me another um, clue there. Has to do with rushing the ball. 174. Actually, it doesn't. It has to do with total. We're gonna yeah, total yards. 174. 174 yards. I think I know. Great day. Oh God. 
Do you actually? Total, what is it? Total yards, you said? Yeah. Is it Camara's total yards? It is. There you hey, go. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. First one, one for one, the semi-pro. What did God, he finish he with on the day? On today. Uh, he finished with 13 attempts, rushing the ball, 79 yards, two touchdowns, and then nine receptions Ooh. on nine targets Ooh. for 95 yards. Yeah, I, we, saw, we saw with uh, Michael Thomas being out there. I watched a little bit of this game. I didn't catch the whole thing. Uh, but we saw with Michael Thomas being out how much they missed him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a guy that, you know, Drew Brees can feed the ball to, and he's going to go mm-hmm. attack it and get it almost every time. And so Kamara definitely, yeah. yeah, Kamara definitely benefited from Thomas being out, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and wow, you said 13 and he got nine receptions. So only 22 touches there, which I, I think mm-hmm. is low for him as we look definitely. forward towards the season. But the thing about him, I mean, he just makes every time he touches the ball, he's electric. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yep. He's so slippery. He's so quick, so agile. He's oh, so fun to watch. Probably he's got – I feel like he's got that Russell Westbrook kind of thing to him where you just want to watch him. Um, he just lights it up. He's a, he's a spectacular player. The next – what's that number? Coming out of the same game, actually. Maybe uh, I'll try to – I mean, you know, trying to – Maybe next week I'll do uh, – I don't know. Keep, keeping the same game. This one was a fun one. Um, Raiders 2-0. I don't know if you saw uh, um, Gruden celebrating with Mike Mayock after the game, but it made me smile. Uh, they turned that franchise around pretty quickly. I'm happy for them. The number I have for you is 16 out of the Raiders game. And it stands for – I'm going to say oh, – that's way too That's way too specific. We're going to go in the receiving category, okay? 16 is the number in the receiving category in the Saints-Raiders game. What does 16 what – is, what is that number? Man, 16. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. – 16. I don't think anyone had that many mm-hmm. receptions, so I don't think it's that. Because Kamara had nine. I feel like that was a high one. So, it's on the right track, folks. Can I think who did anyone have 16 targets? No, because Kamara had nine targets, so it's not that. See from the Oakland side of it. Renfro probably didn't have that many. Oh, no. Waller wouldn't have had that many. Um, is it yards? Nope. Is it, is it targets? Yes. <laughs> Who had 16? It had to have been Waller. Darren Waller. Wow. That's a big game for him. Big game. The next closest. Yeah, here, here we go. We'll just do this off the cuff. <laughs> Next, what's that number? The next closest uh, to Darren Waller in targets. Second. Second most with how many targets? I'm going to guess Renfro and, I don't know, six? Cut that in half. 
three targets? Three targets was the next closest. Wow. <laughs> so the Saints uh, clearly didn't really care about Mr. Waller. Um, or <laughs> the Saints or the Raiders obviously put a precedence on looking Waller's way. But I thought that was a massive number. So uh, Waller went for 12 receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. But 16 targets when the next teammate has three is just – that's like – that is absurd, right? That, I mean, that's wild, right? But mm-hmm. um, I'm just getting the box score pull up here from that game as I was trying to keep those down um, during the uh, yeah. I don't want you cheating. There. You're a semi-pro. I know. I know. Was, you said it, though. You said the answer. I was that's, like, oh, my God. That was shocking to me. That, because um, Derek Carr had, had 28 completions, uh, 38 attempts, um, mm-hmm. 16 targets going to one person. That – in any game, right? Like we saw that last week with Devonte Adams and that was a huge game for Devonte Adams. Huge game. And so Waller catches 12 of those for one Oh five and a score on 16 targets in the next closest is well. So you got Renfro Jacobs and uh, Henry rugs there all with three targets. So the um, cars spreading the ball around, right? I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 guys with mm-hmm. uh targets and oh, jason witten's on that team <laughs> witten's on there as well right but while they're getting 16 of them so uh really quite impressive from uh from Derek carr is how much he was spreading the ball around but definitely mm-hmm. finding his guy in darren waller yeah darren is uh one of the most impressive tight ends as of late that I can think of from an athletic standpoint and one that, I mean, he obviously turned his life around. I think he, when did he get back in the league? Like two or three years ago. Yeah. And then he, in, he immediately became a force. Yeah. A couple years ago. So obviously, I mean, um, uh, a sad story with Darren Waller, um, a, a drug addict, um, someone that just couldn't make it on a team as a result of that and um, ends up moving in with grandma uh, grandma talks about, you know, you've got this God given talent. Uh, you got to put that to some, to some use. And he really takes it to heart, uh, mm-hmm. turns his life around has been sober, I think over two years now, um, mm-hmm. which is just an outstanding accomplishment for him. Um, mm-hmm. and to be a guy that is going to make a lot of money in the league now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I hope, I pray that he continues to, uh, to stay clean because, that addiction game is, is, um, it's a tough, a dangerous, a tough one. one. Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully he's surrounding himself with some great supports and, and you know, that John Gruden and, and that staff in Las Vegas is helping him in any way that they can. Um, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, giving them the world as, as far as uh, a receiving tight end can do. Absolutely. All right. The last, what's that number? What's that number? The last one I got for you. Uh, So this one's more so just kind of uh, a dig at the Vikings, no pun intended. Um, Stefan Diggs. I'm going to try to not give this to – I mean, this is kind of tough to give this clue, but I just want to say this. I just want to give this as a number because I think it's fascinating. That just shows that I miss my boy, and the Vikings miss him too. So, Danny, what does 40 stand for? What is that number when describing Stefan Diggs 
and his week two performance, 40. I think Stefan got a touchdown, so I'm going to guess he got a 40-yard touchdown pass. He did get a touchdown. He didn't get a 40-yard touchdown pass. My next clue would be Stefan Diggs went for 153 in week two. What does what is that that forty yard difference? What is that? What do you think that's the difference between? He went for one fifty three. Mm-hmm. I actually do know, and it's wow. I got, you got me a little depressed now that I'm thinking about it. Kirk Cousins, hundred thirteen yards passing. Boom! The entire Vikings wide receiving core, hundred thirteen yards, and your boy. Mr. Diggs, thanks to Josh Allen, went for 153. Yeah, wow. I just thought that was uh, interesting. No, now. it's a great stat, yeah. Yeah, it's sad, like you said. I don't know why I brought it up, but we're moving on. So, um, real quick, let's um, – I mean, yeah, let's try to be optimistic about the game coming up here. Um, we've got the Tennessee Titans, week three. Ryan Tannehill – Six touchdowns, almost 500 yards passing compared to Kirk Cousins. Uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and only 370 in the air. Uh, the biggest, I think, X factor, obviously, in this game, that's, I mean, it's not really an X factor, I guess, but um, Derrick Henry has ran the ball 30-0, folks. 3-0. 30 more times than Dalvin Cook this season. So I think I, I'm pretty sure the Vikings have a decent idea of what they're going to do, the Titans, as far as game plan. So um, hopefully we put eight in the box, just like Adrian uh, had when he played for the Vikings, um, just going against a formidable front. Hopefully we can make some changes. Uh, if we, I mean, if we don't stop Derrick Henry, Henry, there's no way we win, right? Yeah, that's going to be the – the need, the go-to is you have to figure out how to stop Derrick Henry. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a guy that runs the ball very well, 56 carries on the year, 200 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been kept out of the end zone so far. Um, yes, but I, I, would not, I was going to say I would not be surprised if that changes this weekend here. Um, so not only do you have to stop him, the, the other big part to this is Ryan Tannehill has been incredibly proficient. Uh, 47 mm-hmm. of 67, 488 mm-hmm. yards, six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Hasn't mm-hmm. thrown a pick. Um, he's coming into games and, and doing his job, uh, even without A.J. Brown, who's probably their top receiver there. Uh, he was out last week, and Corey Davis took over like the number four overall pick should do. Good, absolutely. Um, you know, finally being able to take a stride forward and – and, you know, kind of what's interesting when Tannehill leaves Miami just a couple of years before Kirk or a couple of years after Kirk Cousins leaves Washington mm-hmm. and you see the traje- trajectory of their career where Tannehill has kept moving upwards with his new team and Kirk Cousins yep. has kind of plateaued or gone down. And so this is going to be a really interesting game to see two quarterbacks that remind me quite a bit of each other. Uh, and see Absolutely. who can who can kind of come out on top there. Solid game managers, I think. Um, I think Kirk is a better quarterback than Tannehill when he has time. Obviously, the Titans have a much better offensive line than the 
Minnesota Vikings. So Kirk has not gotten the time this season, and that shows in the stats. He got four four picks, only two TDs compared to Tannehill's six TDs and zero picks. So um, with time, to your point, I think uh, Tannehill's got the upper upper hand with time in the pocket, and you know he's going to be the better quarterback because of that. So I don't. Um, I don't see us stopping John New Smith, the person that we touched on earlier. I think he'll have a big day as well. I think their defense really scares me with Jadavion coming off the edge. He got some solid, a solid secondary. Um, and he has a, a, a formidable defensive line as well, not only um, with Jadavion on there, but some young studs as well compared going against a Drew Samia and uh, some, some other inexperienced guys on our line, Drew, Drew Samia. Um, who is the, uh, who, thank you, Dakota Dozier, our boys, yep. Drew and Dakota, um, starting at guards for us. I believe who made the uh, who made the national headlines getting thrown by DeForest Buckner? Who was that? Was that Samia? Yeah, that was Samia. Samia, not a, uh, not a yeah. great first uh, look there. Got tossed around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a guy that had a, a bit of a mean streak. Uh, he blocked for two Heisman Trophy winners uh, at Oklahoma. Uh, his senior year, they, their offensive line was, was voted as the, the best offensive line in football, college football that year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he, he's definitely been a contributor to very good teams and very good offensive lines in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. his first game, you know, as, as a starter there, I'm sure he would love to have it back. And so I, I am very curious to see how a Drew Samia comes out game two, a guy that kind of mm-hmm. has a mean streak. Um, he has the reputation around the locker room of being kind of a really hardcore, intense guy, not really soft by any means. Um, and sure. so he showed that he was a little bit soft out there getting tossed aside by, by, uh, Thrown, um, tosses, you know, tosses. Yeah, that's that's probably a better term. It's thrown, but um, so hopefully he can come out and, and play well. And you know, the thing that honestly surprises me the most about this game uh, is the spread on the game. Danny, what is that number? Um, I I don't know how why uh, Tennessee is minus two and a half on this game. I mean, it's asking me to spend so much money. That's exactly Just, what I'm thinking. I don't know why. Like, we have so many, we have so many people out on defense. We have Troy. I mean, Troy Die, I believe, our rookie linebacker, coverage linebacker, went on IR today. Um, we have this Orion Connolly coming in, who we picked up from the New York Giants, coming off a major injury last year. Um, Anthony Barr just went on IR. You have so many new faces. You've got Mike Hughes on the injury list today. Uh, Cameron Dancer's on the injury list today. I mean, what are we? What is? What does Vegas know that we don't? Let's you know, I, that's that's a, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I I don't know how the Vikings defense stops Derrick Henry. Um, mm-hmm. Someone's got to step up and do that. Whether that's Eric Kendricks, uh, Harrison Smith, someone has to do that. Um, the over-under is even at 49, which to me, I actually – over-under, I don't know if I'd bet on that for this game. Um, uh, it could yeah, be a low-scoring game. It, it yeah. could be uh, – you know, I think with how much the ball is going to be on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. I would almost want to smash the under, and maybe that's mm-hmm. what they're thinking is 
if you smash the under at 49, is there going to be mm-hmm. enough opportunity for these teams to score to be spread, over sure. two and a half there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it could even be looking at that where, you know, it, it may not be as high scoring and because it's not as high scoring, it's just going to naturally be a, a closer ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am definitely going to bet on the game. I'm so bummed that sports betting is still legal in Minnesota. Because watching tough, shows like the, the Pat McAfee show, like they have those apps that are just so slick. You just like click a button and boom, bet's made. Here you got to go on a website and do some shady stuff if you want to do. I mean, Iowa has legal sports betting, so I'm tempted to take, make the drive to bet on this game. But I just hate betting against our team. It's like it's such it's a weird feeling mentally. I feel wrong. I feel like I'm cheating on somebody. It's, but this is just like uh, – it's just like a free – like hundred dollar bill on the ground. Yeah, it is. It is asking to be bet on and life is so much more fun with money on the line. It is, but it's, it's just, it is also a win. It's like kind of a win-win, right? Like if, if the Vikings get smashed, you win money. If the Vikings win, you're like pretty happy, even though. Even I though just... you lost $150, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also, uh, not to go on a massive brand here. I just, if we, I'm in a weird way hoping we lose because then you'll start to see some dramatic shifts, I, I think, from this team. If we somehow win, I think Zimmer will be like, oh, yeah, we're just – we're progressing. We're right – this is right where I, I want the team, which yeah, it's not. Like, we have a lot of holes that we need filled, and we have a, a lot of deficiencies that needed to be addressed not only this season but um, up – up and coming. I think our, I, I think just our offensive line specifically, we put way too much attention on our defense, but that's, I'll, we'll talk about that another time, you know? Yeah. I think this, uh, this week will be telling, you're going to see a few things as far as if we're going to, um, you know, replace any coaches, coaches or any, yep, exactly. um, you know, players that are going to be maybe traded away or who knows um, if it turns into that rebuild after this week um, or if, you know, we push forward and we, we try and do something um, impressive here, but um, Mm -hmm. this week is going to be probably the most telling of uh, Vikings weeks that we've seen in recent memory. Which is from that standpoint, it is like exciting, you know, I'm looking forward to that. So we're going to get a result one way or the other. Um, last thing to leave this week on is an unfortunate note. Um, just kind of a bummer from uh, just a, a wide perspective for the NFL. A lot of stars got injured. Um, kind of crazy how many people are out for the season. Um, pretty much not career defining, but just some huge names. Nick Bosa for the San Francisco 49ers, one of the, Best up-and-coming defensive players in the league. Did he win an award last year? Um, he rookie of the, defensive rookie, rookie of, the of the year, I believe. Or was he, was he a rookie? I think so. He, I, oh yeah, I, I he, he won, he won some. Yeah. Um, Solomon Thomas also <laughs> tore his ACL. So their defensive line just uh, with a horrible week. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL. Uh, then you got Christian McCaffrey, a high ankle sprain with a person like that. And a weird season like this also being 0-2, I hope, I hope, I hope they do not rush him back because he is a magnificent talent who 
you never – I mean, high ankle sprain for a running back is, is so – you have to be so careful, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's one of those pieces where you lose Saquon, you lose Christian McCaffrey, you hope as a, on a fantasy Fantasy side of things, you've got, you know, depth there because those are, that's your first round pick going down. Right. And you know, a lot of leagues that was pick number one and pick number two, and you choose your order. Um, It didn't Mm -hmm. really matter. And so um, it, it's just, it's a huge bummer to me. I think it goes back to, you know, not having a preseason, not really being able to really warm up for the year. I can tell. Um, and it's, it's really, really hard to see because, um, you know, fantasy football, the outlook changes on that. Um, you know, not, not only that, but the teams that we were excited about, you know, I, I was raving over Darius Slayton last week, uh, and how, you know, huge of a game he had week one there. And he comes in week Mm -hmm. two when you don't have the running game and they already struggled with that the week before, but just the threat of Saquon Barkley is huge. Yeah. When you don't have that, that running game there. Yeah. I'm a defense. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to make you throw the ball. And Daniel Jones, Mm -hmm. not a guy that can just pick apart a defense. Uh, And so guys like guys like Slayton, guys like Ingram, guys like Shepard, that, uh, that team is going to suffer. So if I'm, a uh, a New York Giant, you know, player holder. I'm gonna look if I can yeah. try and sell them, or um, you know, in some cases, you may end up having to drop some of those guys to pick up other guys with more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Um, score prediction: Titans Vikings. What do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? No, go for it. I'm gonna say. I, so here's what I think. Um, two predictions. Well, I'll have the, obviously a score prediction, but I do believe the Titans will get a defensive touchdown. I, I think Kirk will fumble the ball. Like I'm just envisioning slash having nightmares of Jadavion coming off the edge and just stripping him. Um, so I think Titans will have a defensive touchdown, and I think they're going to put up some points because we cannot stop a nosebleed as far as the running game is concerned. So we got Titans 38 Vikings 24 in a high scoring affair only because I think there's some defensive scoring. There you go. I'm going to go kind of close to that. My, my prediction is going to end at an even 50 points. Um, I, you know, I'm talking about hammering that under, but I do think, it's going to be right around that number there. So I'm going to say 33-17 Tennessee Titans. Mm. Love it. Love it. Do you think Derrick Henry goes off? Do you think he goes – I think his – the uh, over-under for him was 150 for rushing yeah, yards. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the over on the rushing yards there. I think he's a, a – one, that over. 180 for two touchdowns hammer uh, on it. Sunday. Yep. 180 so for hammer, two. Oh, God. Hammer the over with the 150 oh, there. Lord. Love it. Awesome. Um, great stuff. Hopefully the uh, Vikings prove us wrong, but Hey, God, I hope they prove us wrong. Um, we'll be back next week, guys. Um, it's always a pleasure. I am Shlomo, AKA Todd co-host Danny glass, AKA the semi pro. And we will see you guys next week. Cheers.